0: I'm in studio with Noor Ouida, who's a filmmaker and um, cultural organizer in Beirut um, and has recently showed um, her film here in Montreal uh, called One Sea. Uh, this um, project is one of many about land, memory, sea, and Lebanon, where, where you're coming from. Mm. Uh, you're, you're just visiting. Um, maybe first, can you... Um, share a bit about this project mm-hmm. um one c and also um sort of like how how did you arrive at the point of of this piece
1: yeah uh so yeah so it's called one c ten c's and that like uh, uh duality between one and the money is mm-hmm. uh uh is i think kind of the why how the project started okay. um it's um i had started accumulating. Uh, images that I shot of the sea since two thousand fourteen wow. uh, shooting them with like a mini DV camera that I found in my dad 's closet and wow. uh, i I was shooting actually many um, many images in the city and uh, kind of uh, without particular thinking of where these images are going to lead and yeah. one of the the recurrent uh, visual motifs was the sea. And yeah. I think after a while I started noticing that uh, I'm starting to get a lot of, like, yeah, accumulate a lot of these images. Yeah. And um, uh, started to wonder if there might be, it was a bit later on that I started to wonder if there might be a film somewhere there in okay. these images. And I started to, to think about some kind of structure, but it was really difficult. Um, I think I was too close to the images and I... I was just not being able to touch on how i could structure them and that's um i got a, a grant from ashkar alwan uh, for video works and uh, s- they recommended uh, they suggested that i work with an editor and i approached a friend of mine who's a really good Karin duma she's an editor and a writer yeah. and a really good friend of mine uh yeah. we had had like these ongoing conversations mm-hmm. about both our works but never actually worked together mm-hmm. and uh we, first thing we did was um, put started to wa- yeah. the, watch these rushes. It was about yeah. like eight tapes or nine tapes, eight wow. tapes I think. Um, and yeah, I would describe uh, the images and where I was when I shot them on the Corniche, what I was feeling. The s-
0: the seafront in Bailey. yes, exactly. <laughs> okay.
1: And uh, so she took all these notes, and uh, I think from there on we s- yeah started working. She sent me these notes and I, when I read them, I felt like, okay, maybe maybe there's something that can be done in between uh, the relationship of of this description of the images and the images themselves, Uh, because in the end, the film, as you see, is like uh, is a lot about the sea, but also about different ways of seeing and uh, the relationship of text, image and sound in relation to that experience of seeing and recording. And hearing um, in mm-hmm. that extent, so so yeah, it was. I think the yeah the process was accumulation without really knowing that uh, a film was gonna be born out of that. So yeah,
0: it's it's it's. It, what I found striking is that there's the reflection element, like when I mean images of the sea. O- obviously, especially in the context of Lebanon, inspire reflection, and it can mean many things: uh, hope or danger, or I mean the sea means many many different things uh in history mm-hmm. um but somehow there's still like intentionality in the film but also like you point to that idea of 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 the sea or or all the different ways it can be perceived mm. and i'm wondering if you could maybe share a bit about that i i in this film but also you were drawn to take these images, obviously, yeah. and the sea means many different things. Mm.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, yeah, it's about this multiplicity, right? It's, yeah. um, at the same time, it, there's this, I don't know, when you look at the sea, it's so much of an archetype, right? It's like you yeah. look at it and it's the sea and it's all this sim symbolism of it yeah. but at the same time it's also so specific it's yeah. the sea off the coast of beirut and it can also be the symbol of uh i don't know going away or getting stranded or or hope but at the same time it's closed like i know that for people i don't know living in gaza for example the sea is another wall yeah you know it's uh, it's not at all this window and so in beirut and in Lebanon I guess but Beirut is also sp- specific um it's because I'm from Beirut so my my experience of it, sure, like of I filmed there uh so it's like about trying to get a hand of on all these different states and and in that extent I think the weather really plays a lot oh, um okay. you know because the it really like the wind and the, yeah. w- the light and if there is a storm or not, and uh-huh. that kind of becomes some kind of materialization of this multiplicity, and just trying you know, to figure out uh, some kind of form where the the many different faces can, can start to be rendered, right? And um, a friend of mine was, after watching the film a few days ago, told me that she felt that there's something in the zoom in, that allows us to kind of, at times, because the film does a lot of zoom-ins on the sea and kind of pixelates the image and kind of allows us to leave this um, this figurative uh, motif of the sea and the symbolism to go into like more of this abstraction. I thought that was like a really well put way of thinking about it is, is uh, there's always this back and forth between yeah, the symbolism of this as you were saying like historically in maybe even in the ancient times beirut as a port uh, uh but also it's the sea was where the israelis arrived in 82 so there's like many different things uh layers happening and at some point in the film there's C, who's the p- character that's kareem uh or that could be kareem um that says that she Uh, like she always sees corpses for example floating on the sea and then she imagines like this huge tsunami completely ravaging the sea and then uh, the city and then the response of the other character uh, which is N which is kind of a reflection of myself says that she I don't see anything of that right I see lights and color and it's kind of that back and forth constantly is that you have I think the Powerful thing about the sea That it gives you the illusion Of many things at the same time And yeah. The reality is at the same time Hopeful and harsh Yeah Um. Yeah. I don't know When you live in, in Beirut Kind of You can't not have a relationship With the sea You know Even if you hate it <laughs> um, Yeah But you can't Like the whole city is structured In some way around it sure. You kind of Yeah It's like this uh, weird uh like, guide, you know, through... So,
0: yeah. One idea that comes to mind, and also thinking about your work in general, is both as an artist, but also as a curator, and also your sort of efforts in different places, you were active in Montreal and in Beirut, is you engage with the sea (laughs) in this project. And also, it's not a passive relationship. I mean, the sea, of course, as a force is immense mm-hmm. but um, I'm just um, I wanted to just maybe look at that the idea of the sea not simply overwhelming one self or, or as a resident of Beirut but something to engage with and to exchange with and mm-hmm. also to not just let it wash over you perhaps but to in in this case have a dialogue in some way
1: yeah I think that um, in it's really the materiality of the images and the sounds, I think that helped creating, in creating this dialogue. It's, in the film at all times, I'm really, in the image, I'm really far from the sea. Like, I'm on the Corniche, right? Uh, the the, s- the seaside promenade. So, you're like close, but not really close. Yeah. And when I zoom in, there's something that happens for me, is that the, the noise of the, because it's a mini DV, so the the... There's pixels that come out and digital noise and it there's a movement, right, with the noise that happens, the grains, um, which is a movement even within a still image. And I feel like this is kind yeah. of a way
0: yeah.
1: of mat- in a material way yeah. interacting because yeah. you have the movement of the water and the movement of the pixels like overlapping and that's a way of of allowing very in a very material and and concrete tangible way for the image to actually be in dialogue uh and to almost touch this water from from afar and play with it but also kind of gnaw at it because yeah when you have pixels that are yeah. moving it becomes kind of like it's eating away at material that it's filming and disfiguring it and changing the forms because as we know the pixels kind of give you this like cubey kind of form and especially there's a certain phenomenon that happens with the mini dv uh, uh which is uh what they call ab- the aberration chromatique so so basically because you're pushing the pixel so much there's the basic cmyk and rgb colors that are going to appear so it's kind of like the pixels bleeding out a color and that also affects the color of the sea so if you have blue and white and gray you suddenly have another color that appears which is like magenta or green you know so mm-hmm. these are like all the different ways and like in the sound it's basically the sound is composed from two different sources uh, on one side uh, the mini dv uh, sound that i that is shot on yeah. on on the uh-huh. g- but it's like really bad quality i put that in quotes because it's i I like (laughs) that i don't think it's wrong uh Uh, but it's like really compressed and um a lot of hiss and so not what a lot of uh, people would consider a usable sound so i had that which in ways kind of corresponded with the the image right Uh, and at the same time i had a friend of mine, so Tatiana, who's the third character in the film, yeah. so we have C, N, and T, uh, who's a sound recordist, and she, uh, during her, her film recordings, she traveled the world, and during the, the shoots, she would take extra sounds and sure. ambiences, and she kind of gathered this really big uh, bank, of imi- uh, of bank of sounds uh, yeah. of uh, water, or seas, or lakes, or etc. And when uh, she's also a close friend of mine and we, we were in constant conversation in regards to the film. Yeah. And then at some point she told me if you need extra sounds, I have this, this uh, sound bank that I can give to you, that you can use. And so suddenly we were working with two different sources and her sound bank is like incredible because not only it's it's from all over the world. Uh, so there was something for me in, in, in kind of confronting... the the image and the dirty sound of the Beirut sea to see from all over the world. Uh, And because they were really well recorded and she would use different mics and try out different techniques. And so it was a lot more clear and open. Mm -hmm. And so uh, with her recordings, there's also like all these different kinds of interactions Mm -hmm. of like where the mic placement is. And uh, like, for example, the end of the film where you have a shot, where you have a, An ambience where uh, she was recording on the Corniche and she used her microphone and and kind of turned around herself as she recorded and what happened is that for example the sound of the wave would kind of mash into the sound of the cars passing by Mm -hmm. right and so these are like all these different ways that we could like think of trying to create kinds of dialogues very concretely in a very material way, other than, of course, the dialogue that the characters are constantly having with these images and with the sea itself and its representations and all of that. So, yeah.
0: I think about the fact that on the Corniche in Beirut, you see people engaging with the sea with their phones, I mean, before with cameras, but now Mm -hmm. with their phones, families visiting from different parts of uh, Lebanon also even Syrian uh, families mm-hmm. who are living in Lebanon um, I- in some way I really appreciate what you're saying and the project in the sense that it's speaking to a practice that exists hmm. like day to day, every day I guess yeah, yeah. On the, on I the guess Cornish.
1: so yeah. yeah I hadn't thought about it that way but I guess that's definitely true, there's even a scene in the film where there's two men on the Ramlet al-Bayda which is like a sandy beach where they're like taking pictures of each other And there's this thing Is that definitely I think with the sea It's a scenic view, right? So people go there To take yeah. pictures in front of it So it has this postcard value And one of the things That I would constantly think about In the film is like Okay, how how do I engage with that Without just being in a scenic This is a nice horizon sure, With like sure. a sunset Or, you know mm. um, So how do I recognize this the value of the 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 sea as a scenic element in the inner city in beirut but without trying also to render all the different facets so uh, definitely one of the ways is like the the poor image of the mini dv right because you're you're not using hd you're not using Uh anything that's too sleek and pretty and so this is a way to kind of um yeah m- engage with that in ways yeah. and but what you're saying also brings me to another question which is the, the question of public space, right? In in, in Lebanon and Beirut specifically. And yeah. uh I'm in ways definitely the film is, is informed by that and yeah. uh this like we don't really have access to the sea we, we have, f- physically, we have access to it, certain parts of it still, uh, but it's, in the last few years, it's getting so much more polluted uh, that you feel like you, like some people still go, um, but people are getting less and less, or more and more discouraged, let's say, plus you have, like, a very complicated relationship uh, with, uh, if a woman would like to go in a bikini on a beach, and that's like a bit more complicated as a as a public thing to do let's say uh whereas the more privatized sections of the 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 beach of the beach in beirut for example uh that's allowed or that's more accepted uh because you are kind of filtering through uh society and through the entrance fee, right? So because you have to pay a huge entrance fee to go in. Uh, so there's all these like complex layers in relationship to to the public space, um, and our inability to like you visit you you hear it, you see it, you hear the sea, you see the sea, you smell it, but less and less we are in it. Um, And you're talking about, for example, a lot of Syrian refugee families, and it's because in Syria they have a very different relationship to public space. Um, They use it much more, and we're just such a, yeah, segmented and divided society. I think a lot of, I think for the last 30 years since the end of the civil, or end, or whatever, the formal end of the civil war um, there's been an attempt to kind of keep people away from these public spaces or keep public spaces very uh, unicolored and the Corniche kind of at certain point um, manages to get away from that which is really nice Mm -hmm. Uh, it's really a place where different people can meet but this goes, it comes and goes and there's different phases and uh i think recently with the p- yeah with the pollution scandals and the environmental scandals people are getting like more and more especially like fishermen and so it's really starting to hit the fabric of of different uh classes let's say so,
0: yeah. um we're in the studio with noor Oweda, who's a filmmaker um and screened her work at the cinemathèque quebecois this past week um so one thing that came to mind when you were just speaking was the action that actually happened I think this past weekend in Beirut where families reclaimed a part of the seafront th- with blankets and to hang out but to critique what you're talking about in terms of privatizing different seafronts um, and that issue of like s- public space and as an artist you're engaging with public space in your work Um Maybe could you talk about like a bit more about like how um, that debate about public space informed how you think about things for a long time, and obviously in the in this in this in this film and the practice of the film ta- tangibly, but now this issue is really uh, there's such a, a major discussion about public space with the the protests movement.
1: Yeah, um, I think just. To Say one thing. I don't know if I'm in, engaging with any issues of the film. Like I don't know how I, how I think about that. Okay. Um, these things kind of inform what I do because sure. they inform my day to day. Life, uh, but I don't know if it's uh, like an actual argument uh, for or against or anything. Uh, but just to make that clear. But yeah, definitely. Like it's. I think that when you start talking about corruption, and so. The Lebanese people have been rising against it for the last Mm -hmm. 40 days. I think it was 40 days, two days ago. We're at the day 42, I'm not sure. And uh, this comes with one of the most essential things when it has to do with corruption has to do with privatization, right? And especially privatizing the seafront. And uh, so Bay, which is one of the many, many projects in Lebanon this one is uh, in Beirut um, is a project that kind of uh, completely privatized the part of the the shore that's right after Al am in Beirut and near like where the yacht yacht, uh, ports are I guess uh, and created a bunch of really high-end restaurants really expensive uh, a nice promenade but basically inaccessible to people that are from any class that's lower of the middle upper class so that's like taking out some such a huge part of the city um, and the social fabric and so definitely one of the things is trying to reclaim all these spaces and about a few weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, it was the first movement towards Saitune Bay. Um that I think happened after um or was it I f- I don't know, I don't remember the timeline exactly. Time is a bit all sure. over the place in times like this. But yeah, so people were the idea was to kind of reclaim people swam in the and like jumped into the sea from that point, which is something that you people haven't done in ages. Uh had picnics Uh, got like big potluck uh, breakfasts trying to just counter with any kind of move um yeah this 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 monopoly of these uh companies and uh yeah where you buy like a salad for like 20 dollars, (laughs) right so so yeah there's definitely all these all these movements and i think today even in like talking about public spaces that are not On the seafront even make the the martyr square and the riyadh uh space uh place square i don't know what you call it um these are not spaces that we generally hang out in right you just pass through them and they are generally utilized during demonstrations or protests because of their symbolic value Uh, is near the parliament uh the martyr square because of its historical uh, uh significance and uh but now it's been yeah more than a month, and people have been constantly in that space and and you start to know it kind of really well, and you lie on the s- the street there and it's something that you 've never done before, and suddenly you realize how much we've been divided and how much we've been spending time. Not on the streets, not in the city itself, but in cafes and bars and restaurants and been we've been so alone right and and now there's something kind of pushing people together hopefully that's that's the the amazing breath of fresh air that's happening um and yeah definitely the whole uh struggle or uh, the whole battle to to reclaim public space is at the like at the top of that list, so yeah.
0: Noor Ueda, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, you. Stefan.